0: All right, everybody. Welcome to the Over the USA podcast. I'm Ben Fredericks, back to host another episode. And today I'm joined by a good friend of mine. Um, but before I bring him on, uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping items. Uh, just remember, number one, our Note Investor Summit is happening February 24th and 25th in Anaheim, California. So if you'd like to come out to that, uh, which I'd highly encourage you to do so, it's going to be highly tactical. Uh, Go to noteworthyusa.com forward slash events and get your ticket. Seating for that is extremely limited, uh, so make sure that you do not wait. Also, if you have not subscribed uh, to our newsletter, make sure that you do that. We just got nominated uh, for the best newsletter in the industry. And uh, matter of fact, I think it is the best uh, newsletter in the industry, so you should pick it up at noteworthynewsletter.com that is a monthly publication that we do that is uh, chock full of content from people in the note space, real estate investors, and uh, somebody like my friend who I have on today. So my guest today is a buddy of mine that I've known for about eight years now, which is hard to believe, but, uh, I'm really proud to see where he's grown in business. And, uh, cause we kind of cut our teeth together a little bit, uh, you know, in an accounting, uh, firm and, uh, I'm, I'm proud of him not only that but as a human being because I know when we were first working together uh, that he was going to do some great stuff and uh, I've seen him along the way uh, usually by surprise at uh, personal development stuff and um, so I'm super excited he's going to be contributing some uh, content to our newsletter and so I wanted to bring him on here on the podcast first so from Advanced Tax Advisors I'd like to welcome my friend Jose Ramirez welcome to the show buddy
1: Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate the intro.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so, all right. So obviously I know who you are, but let's, uh, let's do a little bit of background for the listeners. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, how you've gotten into your growing your accounting business, who you're servicing and and all that.
1: Right. So, yeah, my my name is Jose Ramirez and I'm the chief tax strategist with Advanced Tax Advisors. As you know, I've been in this field for the past 24 years, been an accountant for 24 years. Uh, well, actually, I like to say I, I was an accountant for 15 years or 20 or 13 years and then um 10, the last 10 years in taxation. So there was a transition in my career. Right. I, I was a financial Accountant for many years working in the private sector and CPA firms and publicly traded companies as a financial controller, financial accountant, senior accountant. And then at one point I said, you know, what's next? And I said, I'm going to transition into taxation because I I figured it's, it's it's the way to go. And it was more interesting. So that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And being that I'm a real estate investor as well, I decided to specialize in the real estate industry, which is where we we do well and we were able to help our clients tremendously because of it.
0: Yeah. So I remember, you know, when you were first part of that accounting group, when, when we got together, you know, one of the things we talked about was like, all right, how can we, who are the most, the people, the group of people that tend to need the most help and it's either entrepreneurs or real estate investors, right? Like, yeah. cause things get complex really quick, especially once you, and I know this just cause I own a lot of doors and notes and rentals and, you know, all sorts of different the Airbnbs. And, right. you know, once you start dealing with that, I mean, for me, in the beginning, I was like working, you know, 24 seven, it felt like just to try and keep up. And at some point, you know, you, you do need help. So, but I was curious, like how you, obviously you were doing real estate as an investor yourself, but like, what was the Genesis of like, okay, this is how I'm going to niche, myself into this particular business?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, uh, and I actually talk about this on my webinars. I, th- the reason I niched down to real estate was because I was a real estate investor. And before I transitioned into taxation, I, I didn't prepare my own taxes. I went to a, a tax advisor to do my taxes. And I had a, I had a tax issue in 2012, where, you know, I've been an invest I've, I've been investing for many years and 2008 came around and I was upside down in some of my properties. So what I did was I did a, a deed in lieu of foreclosure in one of my properties and the bank 1099 me for the, the loan forgiveness, right? Yeah. And even though I had a loss on that property back in 2012, my accountant at the time uh, when he prepared my taxes said I was gonna owe about $68,000 in taxes, something ridiculous, right? Yeah. So he obviously didn't know what he was doing. Um, so I did the research myself. I did the research. I reached out to a colleague of mine and kind of figure out what he was missing that I could fix, and that's that was kind of the catalyst. That was kind of the transition period. And I said, I said to myself, a lot of people are having these issues. A lot of my buddies that are real estate investors are having the same issues that I'm having, and I can probably help them because I was able to help myself, right? Um, and then from there on, I just you know educated myself on the on the real estate. The tax area and is what we specialize in you know we we're, we're good at it we've been doing it for a while um, the strategies are great there's no better industry in my opinion for tax savings. the real estate industry offers tremendous opportunities and tax savings because of the depreciation component
0: yeah right on the rentals yeah absolutely so, you know a lot of our um uh, listeners and people that tune into or go to noteworthy events, a lot of them are note investors. And, you know, there's always this conversation and debate about, oh, what's what's better? Is it rentals? Is it notes? You know, well, this is more passive. Well, this is, I get more tax benefits. And, you know, so in your opinion, like, is it better to just stick to one particular thing or can you ultimately diversify like you would if you were in the stock market in terms of what you're holding? Yeah, no, ideally, and this is what I always
1: preach to my clients, ideally, you want to diversify, you want to have rentals, you want to, you want to have an active uh, business within real estate, whether it's wholesaling, notes, uh, flipping property, right? That's what's going to produce your, your main income, your significant income. Rental property is going to produce income as well. But it's also going to help you reduce your taxable income, because of the depreciation component. Most real estate investors, if you're doing this full time, most of them are going to qualify for the real estate professional status, which eliminates any limitations on losses. Um, There's a couple of rules, a couple of tests you got to meet. But if you you do meet those tests, um, any depreciation that you take on your rental properties can be used against your ordinary income. So let's just say I'll use a a simple example. You have a $300,000 income here in wholesaling or flipping property or notes, flipping notes income, right? On this side. Yeah. Then you own multiple rental properties. You buy properties every year because you understand that's going to help you reduce your taxes and long-term the property is going to appreciate a value anyway. So it's a win-win, right? And these properties on this hand are going to produce losses. So let's just say that every year you're producing losses because of the depreciation component of 300,000. So you have 300,000 losses here, $300,000, And and income here, you net the two, you have zero income, right? Of course, I'm simplifying it, but there's some qualification processes and tests that you got to meet.
0: Yeah. So, in other words, if you're on your high horse because you own a bunch of notes and you don't own any rentals, this might be time to climb off of the high horse and get your ass into the rental game a little bit, and vice versa. If you're only owning rentals, maybe get yourself into some notes as well. And you know, if you don't know that game, you should learn it because, quite frankly, if you're buying a lot of deals you know, I would say even north of five to 10 deals a year, you're probably leaving deals on the table if you don't know how to structure either one, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, there that's, uh, that's good advice. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing about taxes, I think you'll agree because, you know, you, you know it, you do it every single day is, I mean, let's be honest, it's not the sexiest thing in the world, right? Like, but (laughs) The thing we have, we all have to deal with it. It's like death. It's it's simply unavoidable. We will have to pay taxes. You know, some people are very good about not or what do they call that? Tax avoidance, as opposed to uh, I'm not paying any taxes. So, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show and and inside of the content in terms of the newsletter is because of that. Because we get asked all the time, like, you know, oh, who who do you use for CPA? Like, or or, what, what kind of tax planning are you doing? And I mean, look, you ask the normal investor, they don't know from what they know. They're so deep inside of their business trying to, you know, grow a portfolio that they don't really have the time to, to look at or even try to understand it because it's so complex. And so, you know, I think that's why you want to work with somebody like Jose is because you need to have somebody that's on your side that is essentially saying, all right, this is the way you're going but if you keep going this way this is what's going to happen but if you make these little tweaks it could be so much better for you so can you talk a little bit about like what a tax planning session looks like just from a high level i know it's different for everybody but you know right. somebody that owns real estate like what are some of the things that you go over with them to make sure that they're maximizing their benefits.
1: Yeah. And, and real estate is going to be the, the main tax planning strategy, is going to be the rentals, right? The, that's the, the, the one that's going to make the most difference. Uh, because if you qualify for the real estate professional status, all those losses that you may have passive, that are considered to be passive, now you can elevate them into an unpassive loss and apply them towards your ordinary income. Yeah. So, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, when they're starting out, they don't really understand the tax code. You know, but I, I see a lot of people that are starting out make mistakes and these mistakes can be avoided just by having a simple conversation with a strategist, with a tax advisor. Right. Like having the right entity is important. Uh, you may want to operate on, under an S escort for some businesses, but for others, you may not want to. Right. You may it may it may not be a good idea. Rental properties should never be put in, a, in, in an S corporation or a C corporation, in my opinion right? The IRS doesn't like S corporations to have most of their uh, more than 25% of their gross revenues from passive activities. So that's a, that's a IRS rule thing, not a Jose thing, right? So you never want to own, there's other reasons, but you know, you never want to own real estate under an S corporation, unless you're going to flip it, right? But if it's a long-term rental, you want to own it under an LLC, sole proprietorship or a partnership. So these are little mistakes that people make all the time. And the, and the, The issue there becomes that once you own the property under an S corporation, you can't really take it out of the S corporation without having a taxable event, because now you no longer own the property. The corporation does. So a lot of people think, oh, it's my corporation. I can do whatever I want. No, that's not the case. You don't own it anymore. The corporation owns it. So you have to pay capital gains if there's a a difference between the fair market value and the, the purchase price. So those are little... If, if you remember this in the future, remember not to buy property in the nest. Yeah. little, you know, little tip there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, tax planning is going to be a combination of different strategies, right? It'll be the cost segregation, doing cost segregation analysis on your properties, on your rental rental properties to accelerate depreciation and take bonus depreciation, which is at hundred percent today in 2022, right? That's going to change in 2023. It'll go to 80% bonus depreciation. So um, that's going to be the biggest one. You know, you've got, smaller ones like the Augusta rule. You got you know medical reimbursement plans that you can do, but the, the big ones are going to be real estate related.
0: What uh, talk, Let's talk about the depreciation aspect because it's not something I'm super familiar with. What does that mean when you say hundred percent bonus depreciation? Sure.
1: So the IRS or Congress, right? There's, there's these laws that say that you have to depreciate uh, property. You depreciate property, meaning it it's an expense, it's a non-out-of-pocket expense that you use as an expense on your tax return and on your books. It doesn't mean the property is going to depreciate, right? It usually doesn't. Maybe if it's a vehicle or other you know, equipment property, maybe it does with depreciate in real life, but real estate doesn't, right? In real life, real estate appreciates. Yeah. Uh, the term depreciation comes from the IRS. So the IRS allows you to depreciate your property if it's a residential property over 27 and a half years. So when you buy a property and you you go to the closing, you sign the HUD, the closing statement, the closing statement is going to tell you that you bought a property for, let's say 375,000, right? But that HUD does not tell you what's included in that 375,000. Like how much is the roof worth? How much are the walls worth? The refrigerators, appliances, none of that, right? So, if you don't have that information, all you know is that you pay 375 for the property. You have to back out the land because the land is not depreciable. It's not a, a, an expense that you can take on your tax return. So, let's just assume that the land is $100,000. So now you're left with $275. You take that $275, you divide it by 27 and a half years because that's the, the timeline the IRS allows you to depreciate residential property for, and you get $10,000 a year, roughly, right? Yeah. That's depreciation. That's an expense that you can take every year on your rental property. That's a non-out-of-pocket expense. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just what you do to, you know, to expense it every year. But if you have a cost segregation study on the property, now you can identify more things within the property. Now you know that your 275 is really made up of 50000 on the roof, um, 20000 in appliances, uh, 15000 in a fence, right? So if you can identify the components individually with a a cost segregation. Now you can take those components and the ones that are considered, this is very technical, so stay with me. The ones that are considered that to have a timeline of 20 years or less, things like personal property, refrigerators, uh, kitchen cabinets, countertops, 20 years or less, you can take a hundred percent bonus depreciation the year that you place it in service. That's as of today in 2022, right? Mm -hmm. So meaning that if I can identify out of the 275, I can identify $100,000 in property that is 20 years or less, that $100,000 can be depreciated in 2022, which gives you a huge advantage because now you can reduce your income by 100,000. And in most cases, the the tax savings are greater than the money you put into the property. So let's just say you put 5% into the property. Yeah, right? the, the tax savings are usually greater than that. So it makes sense to always buy property.
0: And does that come back in the form of like a refund? Like if it, let's say for instance, it, it blows away like what you have in terms of income because you've got a large portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. If it, does that is that just getting money back immediately from the IRS?
1: Well, it depends, right? If you paid in your taxes in advance and you end up um, overpaying, yeah, you'll get a refund. Okay, um, but, if, but if you're kind of planning throughout the year and you know you're not going to owe taxes and you haven't paid in taxes because you know you have depreciation, you're going to take. Yeah. Then there's, no, there's no refund, right? You simply don't pay the tax. Okay, because there is no tax liability if you're if you're doing it right.
0: Yeah. No, either way, sounds good to me. So, um, I've heard cost segregation before on multifamily, but you can do this on single family as well.
1: Oh yeah, you can do it on single family apartments, you know, uh, yeah. condos, townhouses, any kind of real estate.
0: So. If I take that out, right, so I, let's say I own a, a portfolio of 50 single family homes and we do the, uh, is that what's that include, like doing an appraisal on each particular house? You got to go through yeah. and do that?
1: Um, it helps if you have an appraisal. You don't have to have an appraisal, but it helps if, you, if, it, if it, the property has an appraisal because you, you want to identify the, the land value. Sure. The, so the cost segregation is always done based on the purchase price. Okay. So you take the purchase price and your closing costs, and you back out the land value, and that's your that's your depreciable basis, it's the okay. basis in property that you can cost aggregate.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, and then if I sell that property in the future after I've taken this hundred percent bonus depreciation, do I have to pay that back?
1: Yes. So that's a great question. It's a great point to bring up because uh, a lot of some people get hung up on that. Uh, if you're a career real estate investor. You shouldn't be worried about that. You, you're holding that property until you die, right? Right. There is no, there is no, unless you're getting a ridiculous offer on the property, there's no reason to sell because you can always get a loan out of the property if you need money. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, when you do sell, you're going to trigger a depreciation recapture. So you're going to have to pay back the depreciation that you took. It's usually at a lower rate. So it still works out to your benefit normally. Um, and then you're also going to miss out on the step up in basis. So let's just say that uh, you, Ben, you buy a property. You know, you, you have multiple properties now. Let's say you have a portfolio of uh, ten million dollars today, right? Whatever the case is. Yeah. And we're not going to be here in fifty years, sixty years from now. I don't know. I don't know how long we're going to live, but we're all going to die someday, right? Yeah. So when that day comes, that ten million dollar portfolio that you may have, guess what? When you die, that portfolio is going to be worth. Who knows a hundred million. Right. And there's usually, there's usually a step up in basis on that. So when you die, your basis now becomes hundred million and your kids will get it at hundred million and they can start depreciating it at hundred million. Hmm. Now, depending on the exception that, the, that we have, when that happens right now, the exception is, I think like 12 million, um, for gift taxes, you know, gift and estate yeah. taxes, but that changes with every election it seems like. Yeah. Um, you can save a lot of money you know th- that this is how you create generational wealth now your kids are getting your daughter will get a portfolio
0: at a much higher basis than you paid for it. sure yeah the only thing I, I would challenge you on there in in terms of like there's no reason to sell well sometimes there is because you might want to step up to the next level of property yeah. whereas you know and depending on where interest rates are it might not make sense for you to refinance and you know the cash flow benefit might not be what it yeah. was um, but like, for instance, right now I'm in the process of looking to sell four turnkey rentals because we want to do a project in a uh, vacation property project in Honduras. So right, yeah, that's the only way I can get that done because mm-hmm. there's no like lending and, you know, stuff like that. But also I was just thinking from the aspect of like, okay, let's say you want to springboard into multifamily, you know, from single family, which I don't really care one way or the other. I think there, you know, you've got multi multifamily when you have 50 houses, you know, whether or not they're in the same building or not, doesn't really matter. But sometimes you do need to springboard into something else. And so mm-hmm. what if they did, and I, I'm getting into the weeds here. So if it's too complex, just say so. But like, if right. I did something like that, and I 1031 exchange into something that's a much higher level deal, mm-hmm. do is that still a factor with that depreciation?
1: So a 1031 exchange will
0: defer the taxes. It will defer paying back that
1: depreciation. Okay. It's a great great strategy. So to your point, yeah, there, there's gotta be a fine, a finance, if there's a financial reason, I mean, if you have a reason to sell, I mean, sell, right. Yeah. Uh, But you've got to do the analysis and kind of see if if it's going to, the benefit is going to outweigh paying back those taxes or if you can 1031 exchange it. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, cool. That's good stuff. So, um, yeah. So I, I would encourage everybody, like if you don't know what you have taken in terms of depreciation, uh, we'll put a link in here for Jose. You can uh, schedule a call with him and he'd be glad to talk with you, I'm sure. Um, so we're coming to the end of the year, right? Uh, quickly. We're recording this at the beginning of December. What's the number one thing people should be looking at, you know, not only for the end of this year, but going into the next year as a, you know, from a, a tax preparedness standpoint?
1: Yeah. I, you know, I have conversations with my clients usually at the end of the, like right about now, November and December. And the conversation usually goes like this. Okay, Joe, you're going to owe $70,000 in taxes if you don't buy more real estate. Do you prefer to take that $70,000 and buy more real estate before the year ends or take that $70,000 and give it to the IRS? (laughs) The answer is usually I'm going to buy more real estate before the year ends, right? Yeah. Because then they can reduce their taxes to from 70 to maybe 20, right? They're still going to spend the money, but do you want to spend it on yourself or do you want to spend it on the IRS? So yeah, that's, like, like I said earlier, real estate is the, the most powerful strategy for tax uh, savings if you qualify for some of the strategies. Um, it's all about planning, right? It's all about planning. Yeah. You, you can do a
0: lot with, with real estate. Well, it sounds to me like we need to, uh, you need to connect me and Joe so I can sell him some real estate before the end of the year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we have competing goals. Yeah. So, all right, cool, man. Well, um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, you and I have uh, delved off into some personal development stuff. Like we're both in R T Syndicate. Yes. Uh, I ran, completely randomly ran into you at a a 10X event, you know, a couple, several years ago. Yeah. Um, What, like, what's that been like for you in terms of accelerating your business? Because I I know from when we first met where you were compared to where you are today and what was the catalyst that, that made that change for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for noticing number one. I, yeah, you know, I, I learned a lot about, um, and I can't, I can't really identify a moment when it happened, but I started learning more about marketing and, you know, uh, branding, which helped, right. Um, we're in South Florida. So mo- most real estate investors in South, in South Florida knows who we are because we yeah. specialize in the real estate industry. Um, so we're, we're known for the real estate guys, right. Like the real estate tax advisors. Uh, but yeah, it's a combination of things. I mean, Art is great. You know, Andy and Ed are phenomenal. They, the coaching that they offer is great. In, in, in every sense, you know, business, personal, um, marketing tips that I've gotten from different uh, different conferences. I mean, Grant Cardone was great too. They 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 had a great marketing session with their boot camp. So yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a combination of things. I mean, you kind of build from it, right? You you build little by little. Yeah. Like every time I went to a conference, I I would get a little nugget, and that nugget was worth everything to me. Yeah, we like, just take that one thing and go all in on it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, to me, to me, watching your growth over the years has has come from if I'm just from the outside looking in, is it for me, it's one thing that you did was that you made yourself an expert in the space, you know, so you got yourself on stage at the the real estate investment association and which I'm sure wasn't probably the most comfortable thing for you in the beginning.
1: And, Not in the beginning, no,
0: yeah <laughs> <Not laughs> in right. the beginning i wasn't I wasn't the best public speaker, you know <laughs> yeah, you don't have It'd to be, be but you, you know you know what you're doing in the space, and that's what really matters ultimately at the end of the day and so and you kept doing it, and so being on that you know that stage and and putting yourself out there over and over and over again, you know it really solidified I think where you were able to springboard from because you you made yourself the expert in. Yeah to all those real estate investors. Like right. you go you're going to the the meetings on the weekends at the, the real estate investment association, like right. all those things that, you know, we don't necessarily want to do, but you have to when you're growing a business yeah. and Absolutely. you know, that, that to me yeah. is the one thing I noticed, you yeah. know, was that you just were out in front. Yeah. And so, and you've continued to do that. It's just taken on different, different layers now, you know, with the social the media ones. and yeah. everything else you're doing. So, yeah. Um, All right. So how do uh, how do people connect with you if they want to talk more about their tax situation? And by the way, guys, anybody listening to this, I've known Jose for years. Like he's very, very smart when it comes to this stuff. So uh, if you a lot of our people are out on the West Coast or in the Northeast or, you know, are you able to work with people that are out of the state of Florida? Yeah, we work with people
1: all over the states. all states
0: okay cool so how, how do people reach out to you if they want to chat with you and, and learn more about their situation
1: well uh, I would say the the best way to get to know us and start work if you wanted to work with us is attend our webinars uh, because this way you're gonna you're gonna learn about us you're gonna learn about the strategies that we use in the real estate space you're gonna learn about our clients because we, we talk about some of our clients and the stories Um and then you can make a decision, right? Maybe you can say to yourself, I'm missing out on strategies. I didn't know I could be using. Yeah. Hearing Jose speak, um, I learned a few things. So maybe I should reach out to him. And at that point, you'll have an opportunity to work with us if you're interested. Yeah. So the, the way you attend our webinars is by registering to advancedtaxadvisors.net forward slash webinar. And there's a registration link. Uh, you register and uh, you will get notified when the next one is, which the next one is going to be on the 12th, December 12th.
0: Okay. Awesome. Uh, is that the one we're doing?
1: No, we're doing it. Uh, Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just so you know, uh, Jose is going to be doing one exclusively for the noteworthy network. So, uh, we'll put the link for his webinars, uh, that you can attend. And then we'll also put the one that he's going to be doing for us into our show notes. Uh, so you can be sure to check that out. So brother, (laughs) Anything I'm else you good want good. to talk about, or, or put it on the um, chat? Anything
1: you want, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> real estate's been good to me. I know real estate's been good to you,
0: so yeah. Um, well, talk a, anyway. talk a little bit about that. I mean, um, what are you doing in the space? Like, are, are you doing rentals? Are You doing Airbnb? Like, what what what's your forte? Rentals,
1: Airbnb, um, and um, I I started getting into building a little bit. I I, I moved out of Florida. I mean. I still have property in Florida, but I I bought some property in North Carolina, which is up in the mountains, and I was gonna start building this year, but the prices just went crazy, so I put a hold on it. So I'm kind of like on a standstill for now. Um, We'll we'll see what happens, but you know,
0: yeah, not not really concerned. What part?
1: Uh, Banner Elk, Banner Elk, North Carolina. Okay, beautiful up there.
0: Yeah, we have we have a Airbnb that we use up in Maggie Valley. So, oh, Maggie Valley is great. That the yeah. first
1: place I ever went to in North Carolina was Maggie Valley. It's yeah. like maybe thirty minutes from Bannerel.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's close, close to Asheville, and you can get around and you know do all that. So it's it's an awesome area. So, yeah, um, well, we got to get you in the note game, brother. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: I love what you're doing too. I mean, I, I've watched yeah. your growth as well, man. You you know you're doing great things.
0: I I appreciate it. Yeah. Notes are fun. Like, you know, I was just literally before we jumped on this call, I was talking with a guy uh, who was interested in doing one of our uh, acquisitions that we're working on. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I have a bunch of rentals. And he's like, man, they're a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) the the big sexy thing on the internet is to say, well, it's all passive, right? And rentals are not passive. Like they're, they're just not, you can have a good solid management company, but you're still, you're like Pacino and a Godfather. You're getting pulled back in one way or the other. It's, a, it's just no getting around it. Yeah. So, and I, I, yeah. And I don't think I've worked so hard as when, you know, we got into the Airbnb game. Like, man, you want to talk yeah. even less passive. That That's a whole yeah. other step up. So it's just giving me a deeper appreciation for notes. Like, you know, I don't, those take almost none of my time. The, the initial setup does, but after that, I'm out. You right. know, and uh, that's the one thing that really attracted me to this particular space. But yeah, like we were saying, I mean, you you definitely want to have a you know your finger in each one of those buckets if you can, because there's there's just great ways when one thing's up, another thing might be down, and you yeah. know all that. No, place. it's
1: funny you mentioned that about Airbnb because I feel the same way. Luckily, I had a part. I have a partner that handles the Airbnb part of it. Uh, because I wouldn't have time, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Airbnb, in fact, offers one of the best tax planning strategies because you don't have to you don't have to qualify for the real estate professional status to elevate the passive losses to non passive losses. All you have to do is um, to elevate the passive losses to non passive losses is have the average rentals of your guests be seven days or less and materially participate in the activity. So if you're participating mm-hmm. in the rental activity. And your rentals are seven days or less. There's no there's no limitations on the losses. You can just whatever losses you have on the Airbnb, you can apply towards your business and reduce your taxable income. So there's some powerful strategies around Airbnb. Yeah. A lot of times, it's worth you know doing it just because of that, right? But,
0: yeah, I was actually thinking about that from uh, uh, renting out your primary residence too. You don't. Does the IRS give you benefit for that in terms of like doing that for free for a certain period of time?
1: Yeah, so that's where the Augusta rule comes in. If you do it for 14 days or less, then all that income is tax free. Uh-huh. But once you reach the 15th day, all the income yeah. is taxable. So okay. you kind of have to keep that in mind. So okay. the Augusta rule is great because you can have you can actually rent your home to your business. Rent your home to your business 14 days a year, you oh. know, and, and that income becomes tax-free income to you, the person, the individual. Yeah. And you get you get the benefit of the expense on the business side. So let's just say that you wanted to hold meetings like or and yeah. you know, right hold a board of directors meetings or a holiday party, whatever, right? You yeah. If you do it once a month where you rent your house to your business, let's just say for a thousand dollars, yeah, that's fourteen thousand dollars a year that you're not paying taxes on, right? And you get to yeah. deduct it on your business side. So pretty pretty yeah. good, pretty good strategy.
0: All right, so for everybody listening that takes advantage of this, you can send me a 20% of that tax savings (laughs) (laughs) to my mailbox. We're having having that tip, right? Yeah, that right there. Especially if you've got two, if you're a a two-person family that are both self-employed, right? Can you both go through that or is that considered joint?
1: Uh, That's a great question. Hmm. The, The Augusta Rule strategy you know, it's a great question. I would have to get back to you on that, but I'm inclined to say that it's from the, on the individual level. Hmm. So maybe you're filing a joint return, but it only applies 14, you know, 14 days only if you're yeah. separate, maybe. I don't know. Great question
0: though. Yeah. Hey, you That's got to think about. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, I knew, man. I know I might trip you up on something. All right. Well, listen, uh, I, uh, you gave the best possible answer. Don't bullshit something you don't know the answer to. So just say, I'll get back to you. So, Hey man, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Um, You know, I'm so glad to see where, where you've gone so far and I can't wait to see where you take it next. Like literally I, I don't recommend a lot of people just because I just don't. I mean, the people that I do recommend, I've known for quite some time. I know they're good people. I know they're smart. I know they know what's up. So if you're looking for somebody to to help you in taxes, and I know people that are listening to this are, because it's literally the number one thing that we get asked at our events is like, who's helping you with your taxes? So, you know, because a lot of people in the note space, they just don't feel like the regular run of the mill, which is kind of a stereotype when you say a CPA regular run of the mill. I mean, they're all smart people, but everybody's kind of niched and they know what they know. And yeah. so, you know, a, a guy that's an expert on doing taxes for a, a law firm is not the same as a guy that's an expert on doing, you know, taxes for real estate investors. That's so, great point. Yeah. you know, I would encourage you to to reach out to Jose. Again, I'll put all his contact info in the show notes here. Uh, you can connect with him on Instagram. Um, is it at Advanced Tax Advisors? Advanced
1: Tax Advisors will be the firm Instagram. Yeah. And if you want to connect with me personally, uh, it's chief tax strategist
0: at chief tax strategist all right yeah. right on well thank you brother i appreciate you thank you man and, Appreciate uh, it's it. good and, to uh, see your good, face man yeah, good seeing you as well we gotta get together soon yeah. hey man we're in the same damn state so anytime right. you want yeah. <laughs> i gotta get back to south florida i love it Doug. all right, all right brother.
1: brother good seeing you all right good to see you